Welcome to my Sober Militia podcast. Today's episode is called Label-Free Sobriety. Powerless. Powerless. I'm getting ready to leave work when a friend of mine mentions he and several co-workers are going to go out for drinks and he invites me along. I don't say this, but I have been concerned about my drinking lately, so I've been trying to cut back. I tell my friend that I have other plans as a way of getting out of the invite. My friend then tells me I have to come along. It has been too long since we all got together. He tells me not to be a drag. I don't like the way that feels because it feels unfair. I tell him I'm not a drag. I just have things to do. He responds by accusing me of being too good to hang out with friends. I tell him to stop being a jerk. He laughs and says, hey, I was just joking. Come on, just have one with us. It'll be like old times. I reluctantly agree. We go to our regular bar and find a table to occupy. I don't even have to order my drink because the server knows what I drink and delivers it. She mentions she hasn't seen me in a while. I respond, I've been busy. She welcomes me back. It feels good, she noticed my absence. I downed the first beer so quickly, I actually wondered what happened to its contents when I reached down to pick up another drink. The surfer drops off another without my ordering it. I look at the second beer and have a moment of reflection about what I'm trying to do, cut back. The moment is gone faster than it appeared. And before I know it, the second beer is gone, then the third, then the fourth, then shots of tequila show up. The next thing I know, I'm concentrating as hard as I can to maintain focus on the road while I drive to navigate my way home in my car. I take the back roads in an effort not to get caught doing what I know I should not be doing in the first place. It never even crossed my mind not to drive. I mean, I had to get home. I had work in the morning. Somehow, I make it home. At the door of my house, I struggle for several minutes trying to first find my keys and second to get the key in the lock. I make my way into the bedroom and I somehow remember and manage to set the alarm on my phone before passing out on top of the covers fully dressed. I wake up in the morning to the blurring of the alarm clock and a massive pounding in my head. I involuntarily swear at myself out loud before I walk into the bathroom where I get a glimpse of the man in the mirror who once again let me down. He looks like shit. He looks old. There's a bruise on my cheek. I shake my head and tell myself how pathetic I am for not having the strength to stand up for myself. What's the use anyway? I'm never going to be able to quit drinking. I go to work, loathing my existence, and I immediately begin looking forward to having a drink when I get home. That is powerless. Powerful. I'm getting ready to leave work when a friend of mine mentions he and several co-workers are going to go out for drinks and he invites me along. I don't say this, but I've been concerned about my drinking lately, so I decided to quit. I hadn't told anyone because I felt like it was my personal journey and something I needed to do for myself. I decline his offer. My friend then tells me I have to come because it has been too long since we all hung out. I tell him I know, but I have things I need to do. He tells me not to be a drag. I look at him and tell him I'm not being a drag. He guffaws and asks if I think I'm too good for them. I tell him no and not to be a jerk. 
He laughs and tells me he was only joking and punches my arm. I reach up and rub my arm. His punch actually hurt. The slight pain reminds me of all the unknown bruises I have acquired over the years from the numbness that occurred due to my drinking. I then recall something I read recently that talked about the society of alcohol and how people will not only encourage drinking, but expect it from one another. This pisses me off, and so I look at my friend and say, Dude, I actually quit drinking. I don't really want to come along. Sorry, but you have fun. He backs away from me as if I have polio. He responds, Aw oh, man, don't be a quitter. He laughs and attempts to punch my arm again. I catch his wrist and gently push his fist away from me before it connects. I laugh and tell him, again, to have fun. In my head, I think to myself, I'm so glad I'm done with all this nonsense. I walk away. As I'm leaving, I hear my old friend say, Oh man, I was just joking. Whatever man, have fun by yourself. You always brought the group down anyway. I smile. I get in my car and head home, feeling good about my decision to stick to my plan. It didn't feel good to have an altercation with one of my best friends over drinking, but it did feel good to know I can stand up for myself. When I get home, my wife greets me and asks me how my day was. I tell her about the altercation. She tells me about a similar experience she had recently. She quit drinking at the same time as me. We laugh about the craziness of it all. We are both amazed at the societal peer pressure that accompanies alcohol. We have a mocktail together for our own version of happy hour. She has de-alcoholized wine, and I have a non-alcoholic beer. We sit on the patio and enjoy the view from our deck. Afterward, I go and get a workout in. That is one of the things I promised myself I would bring back in my life since I quit drinking. After I work out, I shower and grab my computer and meet my wife outside. We both spend some time working on personal goals. She reads and meditates. I write a blog, edit my novel, and spend some time organizing some podcast interviews I do to help others work through sobriety. Once we feel we have done some quality work on our personal goals, I go in and make dinner. I'm the cook in the family. I make a stuffed zucchini dish with a side salad. We eat dinner together at the table and talk about things that are going on in our lives. We make plans for a trip we have coming up and talk about some loftier dreams we want to achieve someday. After dinner, we clean up and agree to watch one of our favorite television shows. It's one of our routines. When it's time to go to bed, we both take a book and read for a little while in bed before gently falling off to sleep. The alarm sounds. I wake up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. I turn off the alarm and make my way downstairs to make coffee. While I drink my coffee, I read about cognitive behavioral therapy. It's something I want to learn more about to include in my sober rog and writing. I've become fascinated with the idea of core beliefs and how perception is the key to unlocking our potential in pretty much everything. After reading, I get dressed, kiss my wife goodbye, and head off to work. When I arrive, I'm quickly accosted by my old friend who unenthusiastically tells me what a great time I missed. I look at him and notice his disheveled appearance and alcohol odor on his breath. I punch him in the arm and say, glad you had fun. My night was pretty boring. I walk away knowing I'm on the right path. That is powerful. Perception. I have become 100% certain that perception is the absolute key ingredient in what I like to call easy sobriety. It is incredibly important how we look at ourselves and our actions. 
We have to consider this when we take the first steps onto our path of sobriety. There's an incredible number of programs and paths to choose from to help us along our way, but not all programs and paths are created equal. Not all programs and paths work for everyone. There is no one size fits all in the battle to overcome our self-imposed demons. There's no medication to alleviate our problems. There are only our perceptions of our problems and what we do with those perceptions. One of the quickest ways I have found to help in adjusting our perceptions come in the form of language. The words we not only use, but choose to use to describe ourselves, our actions, and our lives are paramount in the overall outcome of our journey. One of the reasons we found ourselves on the addiction road stemmed from the way we viewed ourselves. To begin with, we felt unworthy, unlikable, unloved, boring, lost, and generally unhappy. We thought alcohol was the cure. We eventually learned it only added to and further escalated the problem to the point of addiction and sincere concern for our mental and physical well-being. The one consistent and overarching theme that runs through all forms of self-help, mindfulness, therapeutic, and life-changing habits is positive self-talk. We must learn to change the way we see ourselves by choosing to use more positive language to describe how we see ourselves, our actions, and our lives. We are all incredibly powerful people who are strong, independent, and capable of living more fulfilling lives. We need to stop using language that negates our being and start using language that uplifts us and our views of the world around us. We not only need to do this for ourselves, but we also need to start using language to uplift those around us as well. Tell each other how strong and powerful we are. Tell each other how much we look up to one another for the strength and courage we show every day. Be kind and spread the power of positivity in every aspect you can. Be the person you want to be and live the way you want to live. We are powerful. My last blog ended with, uh, I calling it part one. And as I thought about continuing this series, I kind of felt like I was starting to just beat a dead horse. I think everybody understands my thoughts on how we use language to describe ourselves and our paths and what we're trying to do. And the more negative that language is, the more detrimental it is to our success. So I thought I would just kind of do one last blog about this idea of label-free sobriety. And the biggest thing that came to my mind was the idea of powerless. And I know this is part of some of the programs out there. And and I even, I think I can concede to understanding where they're coming from with it. But for me, I just, I can't use that word in this instance. And so when I decided to write this blog, I decided to start with the idea of like, what does powerless actually look like? And to me, we are powerless when we are using. And we can't argue that. That's why we keep using. We can't say no, we can't make changes, we can't do anything to adjust the way we're living. And we feel stuck and it feels powerless. So I don't have any problem with that. But to me, the moment we begin to make those changes, that we take that step, we decide we don't wanna drink. We stop drinking. We start living a life that is the opposite of what we are doing. That takes an incredible amount of power and strength and courage to do that. 
And I think the moment we do that, we need to start recognizing it and telling ourselves how powerful we are, and how strong, and how courageous. Because those feelings are the feelings we're going to start to enjoy. We're going to start to believe. We're going to start wanting to feel more of to continue on our journey. And for me, that was the ultimate idea was once I decided to acknowledge my strength and the power I have was the moment I began to start making all these changes that have affected my life so incredibly, I can't, I can't even really talk about it. It's just been, you know, a massive life-changing experience. And I can't attribute that to being powerless. I can only attribute that to finally finding my power and using that to affect the change I wanted to change. And so while I know some people rely on this idea based on the programs you are in, again, I go back to saying, hey, whatever's working for you works for you and it's the right path. And if you feel powerless is what gives you the strength to do what you need to do, then that's the right answer. I tend to lean more towards the idea that I want to feel powerful. I want to feel strong and courageous and able to do the things and take on the things I want to do. And so for me, I'd like to shift that way of thinking and that perception and take away the idea of being powerless and instead add that we are in fact all very powerful, very strong, very independent and capable people. And I think that we need to not even stop there. You know, it's one thing to talk about ourselves and be confident and strong in our own terminology, but we need to do that with each other too. And I think that's the one thing the sober community really does pretty well is we tend to build each other up be there for people, help each other along the way. I'd say the one negative I think that we could all work on is when we hear something that doesn't resonate with us and kind of challenges our beliefs rather than, you know, put someone down for having a different way of thinking or a different path, just encourage them. You know, if it's working for them, it's working period. And I think that's something we can all work on a little bit, including myself. So I hope this is helpful. I'm going to continue on a different uh, direction with my blog starting on uh, Monday. Um, but I enjoyed this one. I thought this was really good. It seems like it's had a lot of really good feedback and a lot of good discussions started because of it, which is kind of the point, right? So I've, I've enjoyed that part. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for reading my blog, listening to my podcast. I appreciate everyone's support. I've been uh, really loving this entire uh, journey I'm on, and I'll continue doing it as long as people are listening. So I hope you guys are doing really well. Uh, you got one more day. Start a weekend. Hope you got some great plans. Stay strong. Stay safe, stay sober.